Coming up this week, CES is here and GM is really getting serious about EVs. Maybe. The Model Y gets crashed on purpose. Renault unveils their Concept 5 and more. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 48 of the EV Resource Podcast. My name is Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and answers to your questions about electric vehicles. Before we get started with the news this week, I want to thank our podcast partner, Titan Auto and Tire in Mosley, Virginia, for their support. Titan is one of the very few independent shops in Central Virginia that are qualified to work on EVs, and from hybrids to Hummers, they fix everything. For more information and to schedule an appointment for your vehicle, go to TitanAutoTire.com. That's TitanAutoTire.com. GM is back in the headlines this week, talking up an all-electric future and doing their very best to convince us that they're actually serious about EVs. Roadshow by CNET explains... Even though CES this year is an entirely digital affair, General Motors treated its keynote like a full-on event, releasing a whole host of concepts and teasers for vehicles and quasi-vehicles across its spectrum of companies and brands. CES staples like flying cars and self-driving pods made an appearance, as did a number of vehicle concepts that will be arriving in production form in the coming years. Let's run down a few of the new unveilings. Cadillac provided a sneak peek at the upcoming ultra-luxury, fully electric Celestique show car. Celestique features an all-wheel drive system with four-wheel steering, but one of the main features is a full glass roof that is split into four quadrants with suspended particle device smart glass. With this smart glass, each occupant of the vehicle can set their own level of roof transparency Basically, by electronic controls, they can adjust the tint of the glass roof. Up front, the driver and passenger will enjoy a pillar-to-pillar freeform display across the entire dashboard that will utilize active privacy to help mitigate driver distraction. Without a doubt, the Celestique is going to be an amazing vehicle when they finally launch it by 2025. Yeah, potentially four years away. But hey, all this stuff looks cool. They did also show us more of the Bolt EUV, which is due out much sooner. The 2022 Chevy Bolt EUV will be the first Chevy-branded vehicle to come equipped with GM's Super Cruise driver assistance system. And actually, when they do release this, it will be GM's only vehicle currently with Super Cruise because the one Cadillac that they had Super Cruise on, they have discontinued. Super Cruise, what that is, it's like Tesla's Autopilot or Nissan's ProPilot. It allows for hands-free driving on, uh, in this case, pre-mapped highways, and it monitors your attention with a camera to ensure that your eyes stay on the road. GM also showed a flying car and an autonomous pod, um, but I'm not really going to give any time to those because it's just cool stuff that doesn't really mean anything for the significant uh, near future. But what I'm most excited about is a venture that they're calling Bright Drop. 
And GM introduced this entirely new business segment that they want to get into, Bright Drop, during CEO Mary Barra's keynote address. With a range of products and services, the company says Bright Drop core product will be a line of battery-powered delivery vehicles. This range will include the just-introduced EV600 commercial van, which offers a maximum range of 250 miles. But Bright Drop won't just be about vans. For CES, GM also virtually revealed the EP1, a self-propelled transport pallet designed to simplify the lives of delivery personnel in a warehouse. I'm beginning to get really excited about EVs in the delivery space, and I have a feeling that we're going to be seeing many, many more companies enter this space other than GM and Ford, and of course Rivian with their Amazon delivery vehicle. Speaking of which, the Amazon delivery van made by Rivian has been spotted out delivering packages in Los Angeles. And as much as I've joked about the van looking like it has the face of Tayo the Little Bus, what people are talking about most is the sound that it was making. As you can hear very clearly in that video that was shot by Jeffrey Chen back just before Christmas in December, you can imagine that people are losing their minds over this low-speed pedestrian warning system. And I want to be very quick to point out that one, EVs are now required by law to make sounds, and two, the sound from this video isn't likely to be carried over to the production model as it's honestly very loud and very annoying. Hyundai Motor Company unveiled the first teaser images of its highly anticipated Ionic 5 midsize CUV, the first model in its iconic, dedicated battery electric vehicle lineup brand. The Ionic 5 will be the first vehicle mated with Hyundai's eGIMP platform that I've spoken about recently, which is an innovative system made exclusively for their next generation battery electric vehicles that will launch a new era of clean mobility for the company. Ionic 5's distinctive and innovative design provides a unique experience that can only be enjoyed in dedicated BEVs, suggesting a fundamental shift in design approach. Surprisingly, it looks a lot like the Hyundai 45 concept that they had revealed previously. The front end is adorned with arrays of pixel-inspired lights suggestive of the digital technology within the vehicle. Ionic 5 is also the first Hyundai to feature a clamshell hood that spans the entire width of the car, thus minimizing panel gaps and creating a clean and high-tech overall look. Aero-optimized wheels further echo the parametric pixel design theme, offering a supersized 20-inch diameter, the largest wheels to ever be fitted to a Hyundai EV. These complete Ionic 5's perfected proportions optimized for Hyundai's dedicated EV architecture. Along with the vehicle images, Hyundai has released four teaser videos that spark curiosity about the new model, each presenting viewers with a sneak peek at Ionix 5's core technologies, raising expectations for the company's dedicated BEV lineup brand and its first entry. The five-minute challenge video highlights Ionic 5's ultra-fast charging capability that enables it to drive more than 100 kilometers, or around 62 miles, with only a five-minute charge on the WLTP standard. 
To showcase this extraordinary performance, a movie trailer-like style challenge was set up featuring Ionic 5 and three devices, a smartphone, a laptop, and an action camera that were each charged for five minutes and competed to see which would be the last one to survive. Three ultimate camping videos show a camper using various electrical appliances powered by the Iconic 5's vehicle to load or V2L technology that functions as a general power supply. In each video, the camper is seen using Ionic 5's 3.5 kilowatts, that's a lot, of V2L supplied power roasting a turkey in a large convection oven, listening to music on an array of high-end audio speakers, and actually exercising on a treadmill all while out in the woods at a camping site. Beginning with these videos, Hyundai plans to release even more engaging content that highlights the enhanced lifestyle that the new Ionic 5 customers will experience. The official debut for the 5 is set to have a world premiere digital event in February of 2021, next month. In other news, Tesla's Model Y has achieved a five-star overall safety rating from NHTSA. In a press release from Tesla, they shared that since the launch of the Model S in 2012, they have engineered every vehicle around the same advanced architecture that maximizes occupant safety. Now, the Model Y is the latest Tesla vehicle to earn a five-star safety rating in every category from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, otherwise known as NHTSA. As a part of their 2020 new car assessment program, NHTSA tested the Model Y long-range all-wheel drive. So what makes the Model Y so safe? Well, the Model 3 and Model Y were both developed largely on the same platform, and this shared architecture is fundamental to both vehicles' safety. To accommodate its higher mass and larger cabin space as an SUV, Model Y's body structure has been fortified and strengthened even further than the Model 3 in pursuit of that 5-star safety rating. At its core, Model Y is engineered to distribute crash forces around the cabin and away from vehicle occupants. The front and rear crumple zones and optimized size structure enables the Model Y to manage crash energy very efficiently, reducing accelerations on the vehicle and more critically, its occupants. Additionally, and this is something very specific to the Model Y itself, its structure now includes the world's largest casting. Along with the fortified battery pack, these elements mitigate intrusion into the cabin, creating a robust safety cell with enough room for the advanced restraint systems to deploy and provide even more occupant protection. And of course, with any SUV, because of their higher driving profile, they tend to be a little bit more susceptible to rollovers. And rollovers significantly increase the risk of injury during an accident. NHTSA's assessment determined that the Model Y has a rollover risk of only 7.9%, and that is the lowest of any SUV recorded to date by the organization. And as with all Tesla vehicles, Model Y's architecture is fundamentally designed to have a very low center of gravity, which is accomplished by placing its heavy battery pack and electric motors very low in the vehicle. So congratulations to Tesla for another great but yet not really surprising result. Renault is no stranger to reviving old, now classic designs and giving them a modern twist. From its current range, the Twingo and the Alpine A110 are unashamedly retro, but it seems that digging more into historic model pool is an integral part of the company's new strategy, according to Inside EVs. 
The French automaker calls the major overhaul of its business model Renault-Lution, and with it, its aim is to distance itself from the image of a manufacturer who seeks volumes above all else. Another goal is to embrace electrification even more. It wants to change the perception about itself, and one of the vehicles it plans to do that with is the future Renault 5-inspired city car previewed by this concept. Called the Renault 5 prototype, this study previews a future series model, although unlike some concepts from other manufacturers, this one will probably change quite a bit before production. There aren't any technical details right now, but Renault did detail its design process. Designers went to great lengths to keep and reinterpret some of the old 5's design details, like the offset air intake on the hood, now the location of the charge port, the shape of the front and rear light clusters, as well as the shape of the overall greenhouse. Sure, this concept looks sportier and more planted than any standard Renault 5 ever did, but it's not hard to see the visual connection between the two. Personally, as I've said many times before, I love hot hatchbacks, so if something like this did ever pop up on U.S. soil, it might be something that I would have to take a closer look at. Next, over the last year, we have seen a surge in the number of companies in the EV space going public through SPAC deals. SPACs, or Special Purpose Acquisition Companies, SPAC, are basically blank check shell corporations with the purpose of merging with private companies in order to allow the private companies to be traded publicly without going through the traditional, expensive, and sometimes very lengthy and complicated IPO process. In the EV space alone, companies like Fisker, Lordstown Motors, and Nikola Motors chose to go that route over the last year, and more recently, we've also seen some other names and more experienced companies also make these deals, like QuantumScape, Lion, Electric, and Arrival. And now there's a rumor that Lucid may be exploring this option as well. This one is not a done deal yet, but apparently Bloomberg reports that Lucid is in talks with Churchill Capital Corporation to go through a SPAC deal. Bloomberg says, quote, a transaction could be valued up to $15 billion that people in the company said asking not to be identified because the matter is private. Lucid, which is backed by Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, is working with financial advisors, the people added. The talks are ongoing, but could still fall apart, end quote. Lucid for themselves have yet to deliver a vehicle, but it did unveil the production version of the Air, its first car last year, and recently completed construction of its factory in Arizona. It definitely looks like Lucid could start deliveries of the Air luxury sedan later this year. Premium electric bike maker Sondors has just pulled up the curtain on its first ever electric motorcycle, which they're calling it the Meta Cycle. The new commuter electric motorcycle may just be the first truly low-cost electric motorcycle capable of both city and highway riding. Of course, the terms like affordable and low cost will always be relative, but compared to the $30,000 Harley-Davidson Livewire, the $5,000 price tag for this bike is comparatively quite cheap. And despite the low price, compared to the rest of the EV motorcycle industry, the Sondor's Metacycle still appears to be a very capable, roadworthy bike. It sports a top speed of 80 miles an hour thanks to its chunky 8-kilowatt nominal and 14.5-kilowatt rear hub motor, which 80 miles an hour is going to be more than capable for the majority of people to handle highway speeds uh, to keep up with traffic so you're not getting run over on your way to work. 
The removable 4,000 watt hour battery is rated for a range of 80 miles, and the motorcycle carries a distinctive aluminum frame with a hollow space right where the gas spike's fuel tank would normally sit, so it only weighs 200 pounds. And having a hollow space where the gas tank is is certainly something that's going to turn heads, and it's an example of the freedom that electric motorcycle designers have to play with versus traditional motorcycle design. They don't have all the shackles of designing around old-fashioned engines and fuel tanks. And with a $5,000 price tag, you might not expect to see too many fancy features on the bike, but Sondor still managed to sneak in a few interesting nuggets, such as a clear-topped box that holds the rider's phone and wirelessly charges it while you're riding. The bike also features innovative turn signals with the front signals incorporated into the sides of a halo headlight, but the lack of excessive bells and whistles is likely what helped Sondor's reach the price point that no other company has approached for street-legal and highway-capable commuter electric motorcycles. No, you're not going to go on a cross-country road trip with this bike, but that's not what it's designed to do. The company says the Metacycle's battery can be charged at public charging stations, which certainly will help further reduce range anxiety for riders who might have to tackle a high-speed battery-draining section of highway onto their way to work. Public charging stations should do that job fairly quickly, uh, and but anyone charging at home on a standard electrical socket will see a charge time of only four hours. This article coming from Electrek. And the last story I have for you this week is about our friends over at Lordstown Motors. Lordstown announced it has received more than 100,000 non-binding production reservations for commercial fleets for its endurance all-electric pickup truck with an average order size of nearly 600 vehicles per fleet. Now, granted, these are production reservations and not orders, so it's still healthy to maintain a bit of reservation about this, but either way, it is great to see such an interest in the endurance pickup truck. I have said it before, I think they've got a real winner on their hands. So it has been a while since I've had a, a question, an EV question submitted by one of you all to answer here on the podcast. And I do want this part of the podcast to be more interactive and overall have have more of a conversation with you versus just sharing the news each week and this being one sided. So for this week, I've decided to take a page from the EV News Daily podcast with Martin Lee and ask a question of all of you. So as you may or may not know, I somewhat recently took my short-range Spark EV on a 550-mile road trip. So I'm curious, and the question I have for you is, what is the furthest that you've traveled in your EV? So let me know what car you have and how far you've gone on a trip. And you can email that to hello at ev-resource.com. The dash is important, and I will read your answers next week. So hopefully we can get a little bit of back and forth here and, and make it a little bit more fun. Uh, I do have a few friends of the podcast to mention. Chase Station, they are the premier provider of stylish outdoor EV charging pedestals. Uh, you can find out more information and check them out at chasestation.com. Chase is C-H-A-S-E 
And then, of course, Station, S-T-A-T-I-O-N. Uh, so ChaseStation.com and also Simple Switch. They are a simple solution for expanding home power for new appliances and EV charging needs. I actually have an episode where I featured them, so you can check that out. Uh, but you can find them at SimpleSwitch.io. So that is your show for this week. If you've made it this far, thank you very much for watching or listening. Uh, I would love for you to share EV resource with your friends. And if you'd be so kind to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that really helps bump up our visibility so we can reach more and more people. Our Patreon executive producer is Tom Wiggins, and James Hart supports us at the producer level. If you would like to support the EV Resource podcast, you can check us out there at patreon.com slash evresource. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I do invite your feedback via email to hello at ev-resource.com. Uh, you can always leave a comment on the YouTube video and don't forget to subscribe so that you'll get all of the future shows delivered to you automatically. If you want to listen to any of the previous podcast episodes, you can find them on our webpage under the podcast section or on many of the major podcast platforms. But thank you very much for being with me and I'll see you next week.